teammate from Oral Roberts University. I haven't seen her in 40 years, but we keep in contact at Christmas. And she called me yesterday out of the blue. They have a son that's special needs. He's in his 20s. He functions at a preschool level. He goes to day services for about six hours during the day, and they, are, they take care of him all the rest of the time. Their lives have pretty much been devoted to him and taking care of him. And she called me because she wanted me to thank you. They take him to Night to Shine in Garden Grove, California, and how much they, he loves it, but what a blessing it is to them. And um, they have a comedian from the Jimmy Kimmel show that comes and entertains the parents. And I said, we're not quite there yet. But, but she, sincerely, that's why she called, because she was so thankful for that and what it's done for them and their family. So I just wanted to thank you and encourage you that I'm sure if it blesses them there, it blesses the ones here. So... Um, if you would open your Bibles to Galatians, or I'll just read to you. And before I do that, next Sunday is our Christmas service at regular time. It won't be a long service, and immediately following, we're going to have a soup dinner. And uh, we need to probably have a few more people sign up to bring some soup, just a crock pot full, and I'll put this in the back before we leave. And if you don't bring soup, bring snacks or bring... Um, desserts, cookies, something like that. We just encourage that and appreciate that. So we'll just have some fun together. In Galatians chapter 3, and you've heard this, I've read it lots of times, verse 13, it says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on the tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now, in Genesis chapter 12, it talks about the blessings of Abraham because they have now come upon us because of Christ Jesus. And in Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, God speaking to Abraham said, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. This morning, I, as, you, as we receive your tithes and offerings, as you give your tithes and offerings, when we're finished with that, I'm going to have Mike come and, and he will give a blessing to you because as we've said we are so thankful for you for all that you've done especially with the flood repair especially with the giving Um, i'm going to go this week and make our first payment towards our loan that was twenty seven thousand dollars and when i get it paid it will be seventeen thousand so unbelievable so we just thank you so much, and we thank God so much. He has been so good. He is so good. So as we receive this morning's tithes and offerings, if you need an envelope, the ushers will get that. Otherwise, ushers, you may go ahead and receive that. When we get that done, then Mike will speak a blessing.
Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I appreciate that you, uh, you know, the roads weren't the best today, and we have people that come out from out of town, and so I know we got people gone. But um, <clears throat> we are going to start a series. And I knew that when I went to Pastor Hank's church, when was that, in November sometime? Some of you ex- you were here last week. How many of you? Uh, how many of you watched when I asked you to watch that? How many of you watched online? Okay. You know it's two hours long, and last week I played about a half an hour of it. But that was in the introduction to the series, because there were some things that that Pastor Hank stated at the end, and he said that the church should begin to promote God's mercy and goodness in this coming new year. How do you do that? Well, you do it by speaking it. You know, we sang it today as Abe led us in worship. We sang about the mercy of God. But in the days ahead, in fact, I'm just going to do it backwards today. Ushers, hand out everyone. Everyone, everyone there should be enough today. Get one of those. Because I want you, I didn't have time to get it typed and put it up there. But we'll read it today, and I want to read it together, because these are declarations concerning 2020. As the Apostle um, Dutch Sheets and Prophet Chuck Pierce and then Prophet Pastor Hank had a lot to say about covenant, God's mercy, and God's goodness And so when the prophet says to do something, I believe the church should do it. Would you agree? So let's make these declarations. Everyone have one? Let's say it together. I declare the next season of my life to be a season of fulfillment and blessing. I expect the things that once disappointed me to be no more. I declare the Spirit of God is hovering over the United States of America, birthing revival. I declare America shall be saved. I speak God's grace and mercy over President Trump and the White House. I speak God's grace and mercy over Congress and the Supreme Court. I speak God's grace and mercy over the 2020 election. I speak God's grace and mercy over the state of Nebraska. Thank you, Father. The next decade will be a decade of difference because you are giving us kingdom authority for your hands to work on another generation. I speak God's grace and mercy manifested over my family and Harvest Church in 2020 in Jesus' name. For the Lord is good, and His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endures to all generations. Amen. You see, now, God watches over His Word to perform it. As you declare and decree the Word of the Lord, God watches over His Word to make it happen. And He also said, As we declare and decree a thing, you know, in times past we do it and it takes time. He says, we're going to declare and decree a thing and it's going to be established right away. 
Amen. So, uh, as we go into this new year, Harvest Church is going to promote God's mercy and goodness, and we're going to talk about it. Look at 2 Chronicles chapter 5. 2 Chronicles chapter 5. There should be no confusion what we're, what, what our vision, what we're believing God for, and what we're doing for the year to come. And of course, here in Second Chronicles chapter five, this is after Solomon had done, you know, and had built the house of the Lord, and, and it was finished. And it says in in verse thirteen, it says, "Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as what, as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, what did they say? Let's say it together. For he is good, for his mercy endures forever, that the house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud, and the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. So what came before the glory of God? Unity. But what else? Praise. That's right. And what else? They declared. They spoke it out. Amen. The Bible says, call those things that be not as though they were. You know, we're faith people. We, we're a church that believes in faith. And faith is an action. And faith speaks the end result. Maybe you're not experiencing some of the blessings you think you should. Well, don't give up on speaking and declaring and decreeing a thing. For it shall be established for you, and light shall shine upon your pathway. It tells us that in the Word. Amen? So, we're going to decree God's goodness and mercy. And then comes the manifested glory. Now, today I want to just concentrate. There's a lot of different areas that we're we're going to touch on as far as the subject of mercy. And today I just want to try to define it. Mercy's been a word used in... It's, it can be a religious word. You can use it, you know, in, in the word mercy, H-E-S-E-D. It's, it's, I believe it's pronounced in the Hebrew hesed. It's used over 250 times in the Bible. And then we'll, we'll talk about the Greek side of it. But uh, it's so important that in 2020, that we begin to see God as a God of mercy. You know, President Trump, you know, 2016 winning that election was the mercy of God. If it hadn't have been him, I don't know where we'd be today. He needs another four years. And you said Mike Huckabee was on Fox just playing with the liberals' minds, thinking that the, maybe there'd be another way, you know, he could, if they'd be impeached, that they could reelect him again. And it just drove them nuts. They were just, you know. You know, when Trump got into the White House, I, I knew, see, I knew. I had a knowing. Before he was even elected, I went home and told her he's going to be the next president. 
I was on my knees praying, and I got a, rev- got a revelation from Revelation about the trump of God, and I knew in my heart. And, you know, there were a lot of things. I, I, I just didn't care about Donald Trump. I, I, you know, I just, but you know what? And that's what I've cautioned you. God, if he can speak out of the mouth of a donkey, Amen. He can use anybody. So don't don't get, you know, put God in a box in 2020. He can do some different things in your family, in this church corporately. And so make sure that you you begin to use these declarations. I was so tickled. Mary Jane says, can you write that down? And I said, yeah, we'll write these down. Take this home. You don't need to do it every day, but when you think about it, start declaring, decreeing the mercy of God. Amen? Now, mercy. I looked up in Webster's, and this is what mercy is defined as. It's a refraining from harming or punishing offenders, enemies, persons in one's power, kindness in excess of what may be expected or demanded, by fairness, forbearance, and compassion. It's the power to forgive or be kind. Now, we use that mercy in the religious world. Churches use the word mercy. And I want to go beyond the word mercy and give you some other definitions and other words that line up with the, with the word mercy. So you begin to expand your knowledge. When you say the word mercy, you know, you're going to begin to realize it, it encompasses a lot. All right? Here's some definitions that I wrote down. It's that eternal principle. Now, this is, this is a scholar. You can tell that he wrote this. That eternal principle of God's nature, which leads him to seek the temporal good and eternal salvation of those who have opposed themselves to his will, even at the cost of infinite self-sacrifice. Okay? Now, look at Psalm 100. Psalm 100. As I said, it's mentioned over 250 times. And there are other Hebrew words for mercy, but I'm concentrating on H-E-S-E-D. Psalms 100. How many of you have experienced the mercy of God? If you were an unbeliever, a sinner, and you received Christ... As your Savior, you experienced mercy. We'll see that as we read a scripture from Ephesians here in a little bit. In Psalm 100, let's, it's a short one. Let's, let me read it to you. It says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with complaining. Oh, I'm sorry, I misread it. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be what? Thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is what? Good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. 
Why do we praise God? Why do we come into his courts or his gates in thanksgiving, his courts with praise? Why should we be thankful? Because he is good. And his mercy is everlasting, it's eternal, and his truth endures to all generations. Look at Psalm 136. This we're not going to read the whole psalm. But the ancient Hebrews, they would do this. They'd go through this. In fact, there's 26 verses, and at the end of each declaration, it says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Now, endures literally means because forever is his mercy. For, say it with me. Forever is his mercy. Forever is his mercy. Now, let me give you some other words. And I want you to expand your vocabulary and learn these words. So when you, when you hear that word mercy, you automatically think of these other words. Here they are. Loving kindness. Say loving kindness. In fact, the word mercy in the Hebrew, if you're going to think of a word, it would be kindness. So when, when God's mercy endures forever, we could say his kindness is eternal. It's forever. It's everlasting. Here's another one. Unfailing love. Unfailing love. So when you're thinking of the word mercy, his love never fails. Unfailing love. Aren't you glad that when you blow it and you sin? Amen? I had to apologize to God today on the way to church and ask his forgiveness, Ron. You know how I like my Casey's Donuts. I got her one, got us each two, one for yesterday and one today. So I got down and her donut was in the cupboard and I brought it out and I said, where's mine? It was gone. So he was still in bed. I stuck my head. I said, did you eat it? Well, he's so health conscious. He never eats donuts. No, no, I didn't eat your donut. I looked through the doors and the drawers and I couldn't find my donut. So I had to eat toast, old toast. I was mad because I knew who got the donut. It was our 12-year-old lab. Had climbed and he's old and he's arthritic and that... He likes Casey's. He must have got on the counter yesterday. Why well, didn't get hers? I was so mad I almost wanted to eat yours, but I don't like that kind. It was the most beautiful donut. It was perfect. He ate the plastic and everything. There was no evidence left. I was angry. I said a naughty word. It wasn't a bad, it was a naughty word, but listen, in the morning, I'm just like you, I'm human. I was so mad at that dog. 
and I give him the milk out of my bowl every day when I'm done. No mercy for him. But but I had I had to do a lot. I did. I repented on. I said, you know, when you're getting all upset over a donut, you got an issue. But I just, you know, I'm 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 one of these people that it's routine every day. Just like the dog, yeah. <laughs> Loving kindness, unfailing love. Here's another one. I like this one. Steadfast covenant love. So when you say the word mercy, you not only think loving kindness or kindness, unfailing love, but it is a steadfast covenant love. So you need to realize this. As a believer, you and I have a covenant of mercy. Now, you almost need to go study the word covenant. We have a covenant with God through the blood of his son. He shed his blood for us. We cut a covenant. Amen. And you know what? We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So we have an eternal covenant of mercy. See, when we get done and get through this in the next few weeks, I want you to renew your minds to this. So when you do blow it and you do sin or you do something or somebody does something to you, and I'll still love the dog, you know, he'll probably get a snack today. I forgive him. What? No, not yet. I'm not ready. But I will be. I will be. I know about our talk about the dog the other day you and I had. Yeah. You exercised mercy for that, for your neighbor. But here's another one. Steadfast covenant love or a loyal love. Here's another one. Tenderness. Here's another one, faithfulness. So how many of you, when you when you talk about and think about the mercy of God, how many of you want to experience his loving kindness, his unfailing love, his steadfast covenant love? That means even if you blow it and you ask God's forgiveness, he will forgive you. It's under the blood. A loyal love. How many of you want to experience his tenderness and his faithfulness? See, we got to go on and we got to talk about this and expand the meaning of Hesed, H-E-S-E-D. Now, I'll give you another definition. It's a loyal covenant love extended to others because it has been experienced in one's own relationship with others. Let me read that again. Mercy is a loyal covenant love extended to others because it has been experienced in one's own relationship with others. How many of you have experienced mercy by someone through all your years, before Christ or after Christ? Well, as you, you know, the Bible says, blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy. It is a development of benevolence, a feeling of kindness or compassion toward the needy and helpless and an attribute of God toward mankind. 
It is a development of benevolence, a feeling of kindness, our compassion toward the needy and helpless. And helpless, and it's an attribute of God toward mankind. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good in healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Now, you read about, you think about the healing part, but really that's talking about the charity. Jesus, how he had a, a, you know, a treasury, he would give money. All right? If you're a merciful person, how many of you, you know, I, I know my sister is, is mercy motivated. That is a gift. Not all of us have that gift of mercy. Amen? Courtney is, has that gift of mercy. In other words, you're just merciful towards people, you know, and you just want to help them. And sometimes I just want to kick them. That's the type A in me. I, I, I can, I, I just am not geared towards just mercy, mercy, mercy. Now, as I've gotten older, maybe I have. I don't know. But some people, that's a gift. But all of us should be merciful because, you know, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. God resides within us. He's a merciful God. Then we should exercise mercy. We should exercise covenant love, steadfast covenant love. We should exercise kindness and faithfulness and tenderness with other people. You want to read that? Then you need to sow it. Then I need to sow it. Amen? Now, there are four categories of usage for mercy. The first one is this, and I'll give you some examples. Number one, it's a specific action of one person for another. A specific action of one person for another. In Genesis chapter 40, you don't need to return there. Verse 14, Joseph asks, you remember this, Joseph asked, remember he was in jail? Asked Pharaoh's cupbearer to remember him after his release from prison. His specific request is that he might do him a kindness or Hesed, H-E-S-E-D, or mercy, which would release him from prison. Well, he didn't, did he? So it's an it's a action of one person for another, or kindness for one person or another. Number two, it's continuing behavior between people. A continuing behavior between people. In Joshua chapter 2, the Jericho spies promised Rahab they would act faithfully or merciful, be merciful with her because she acted faithfully with them. Blessed, I already gave you the scripture, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. So it's a continuing behavior. Should that be applied to us today? Should it be a a continuing behavior? Sure it should. The third one is, it's the actions of individuals toward God, including the nation of Israel. The actions of individuals toward God. Now, how did Israel act many times towards God? Total rebellion. In Hosea chapter 4, verse 1, it says this. God says, Hear the word of the Lord, you children of Israel, for the Lord brings a charge against the inhabitants of the land. There is no truth or mercy or knowledge of God in the land. 
So it's an action of individuals toward God, including the nation of Israel. So they were not being truthful. They were not being faithful. There was no mercy on their part. Then the fourth one, the most important, it's God's actions towards individuals and the nation of Israel. This is the most important usage for hesed or mercy and gives us insight into God's very nature. Now listen, because this applies to us. Even in times of trial and discipline from the Lord, His unfailing love and mercy are constantly available. Let me say that again. Even in times of trial, hardship, discipline, stressful times from the Lord, His unfailing love and mercy are constantly available. So it doesn't make any difference what you're going through. Whether you and I have screwed up, we've sinned, we've made mistakes. Many times we want to be like Adam and Eve and hide. There's no need for that. When you make a mistake, you don't run from God, you run to Him. Because He's a God that loves you. He's a God that forgives you. He's a God that will exercise loving kindness and tender mercies on your behalf. He's a good God. Now, I like this, and I want you to pay close attention. And I, I found this as I was studying. This is a good definition about mercy. God's mercy is his compassion. Say compassion. Toward us even when we deserve punishment. His commitment to restore us, even though we deserve to endure the consequences of our sin. And his covenant of love expressed at the point of our greatest foolishness. Now, let me say it again. God's mercy is his compassion towards us, even when we deserve punishment. His commitment to restore us even though we deserve to endure the consequences of our sin. And his covenant of love expressed at the point of our greatest foolishness. Anyone here deserve punishment? Anyone here ever sinned? Anyone here ever been foolish? What says here he's a God of compassion. He's a God that's committed to us. And he's a God that expresses covenant love. Now, look at Ephesians chapter 2. All we're doing today is giving you some background on the word mercy. So, (laughs) let me test you. Let's see if you're paying attention. Look at Ephesians chapter 2. If I were to say... Give me some another word that describes God's mercy. What would you say? Covenant love. Kindness. What? Goodness. Faithfulness. Tenderness. Loyalty. See, that's what I... Don't, don't get that word out of your vocabulary, but let's expand your vocabulary and start thinking about these other definitions. Now, here's the Greek 
for mercy, and we find it in Ephesians 2. Boy, this is a powerful passage of Scripture. I'm going to read seven verses. Just listen to this. And the Greek word for mercy here is E-L-E-O-S. Let me read it. It says, And you he made alive who were what? Dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as the others. But God, everyone say, but God, who is what? Rich in mercy. Because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you've been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Boy, that's good, isn't it? Now, let me read it to you from the message translation. It wasn't so long ago that you were mired in that old stagnant life of sin. You let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. You filled your lungs with polluted unbelief and then exhaled disobedience. We all did it. All of us doing what we felt like doing when we felt like doing it. All of us in the same boat. It's a wonder God didn't lose his temper and do away with a whole lot of us. Instead, immense in mercy and with an incredible love, he embraced us. He took our sin-dead lives and made us alive in Christ. He did all this on his own with no help from us. Then he picked us up and set us down in the highest heaven in company with Jesus, our Messiah. God's mercy. If you get down on yourself, you know you should quit that. Amen? You should quit that. Don't get down on yourself. Remind yourself of God's mercy. Now. Here it is in the Greek. It's compassion, tender mercy, kindness, about like the Hebrew, beneficence, an outward manifestation of pity. It's to show kindness and concern for someone in serious need. To show kindness and concern for someone in serious need. You know anybody this Christmas season in serious need? Then show some kindness. Those who take care of the sick are called L-E-E-O, are showers of mercy. Maybe you, maybe you know somebody, maybe a family member. They spend every day of their life taking care of somebody that's sick. Amen? That's showers of mercy. In the New Testament, the word is often used of Christ's gracious faithfulness and proof of his benevolence. Now, listen to this, because this is important. Mercy is not merely a passive emotion. 
but an active desire to remove the cause of distress in others. Mercy is not merely a passive emotion, but an active desire to remove the cause of distress in others. Did Jesus relieve the distress in others? I'll I'll never forget when we first moved here back in 1983. That was a long time ago. Norfolk was very oppressed economically, spiritually. And in the downtown, my God, the downtown's come so far. It looks so much better than it was when we first moved here. Dear God. We were driving down Main Street, and I can remember looking out on the street, and there was a, a, I don't know, a homeless man, a poor man, and it was cold. It was wintertime. He had no coat. And I remember it was a, I liked this coat. It was a brown coat and had fur. It was really a cool coat. And I stopped the truck, took my coat off, and ran over and put the coat on the man. And it, I thought he was going to hit me. It surprised him. That's mercy. And I'm not bragging on myself because I've been in, I have done the opposite in, in when I'm going through for coffee at McDonald's. I want to get out and, or I want to ram a car in front of me because it's taking forever. You know, we all have days. But we all have moments where we experience mercy. Now, I'm going to quit there because we've got to go on and we've got to talk about the difference between mercy and compassion. Mercy is, is, an, is an action, and it's almost like an emotion, but compassion comes from the Bible, and King James says, calls it bowels of mercy. And it's kind of crude, but what do you do when you move your bowels? You eliminate, eliminate waste from your body. When it's compassion, Jesus, there's, there's I don't know how many examples in, of healing and miracles. When Jesus was moved with compassion, when he fed the multitudes, he was moved. It was down here in his bowels, in his spirit. And in the Hebrews, said there's, it, it referred to this, there was something in the bowels of, of man or, or a woman, and it caused them to do something. How many of you could could be a little more merciful? Nobody? Some of you maybe are really merciful. But we'll talk we'll pick up next week. I don't know how we'll go because it's a Christmas program, but uh we're going to pick up where we left off and we're going to talk more about <coughs> mercy as far as an action. And then we'll talk about compassion. The Bible says we're to put on tender mercies. Clothe ourselves with mercy. Let's stand to our feet today. We made our declarations. Will you, will you do that for me? We, you know, don't have to do it every day, but put it wherever you study and you sit down and read your Bible and begin to speak mercy. I left one out of there. You should speak and declare mercy over me. Declare and decree mercy over your pastors and your leadership. Amen? Because I tell you what, if, if the leadership's experiencing mercy and, and, and 
you know, unfailing love and tenderness and faithfulness, you know, I'm sure going to be in a better mood. Amen? Well, I'm just looking at a merciful people today. Father, bless these people. I call them blessed. I've already blessed them. And I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, to open their eyes to this great subject of mercy. And Lord God, as we have all in this room experienced mercy in receiving Jesus in the forgiveness of our sins and being blessed. Lord, you said, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Lord, I pray that the people of Harvest Church, even in the week to come, in this special time of year, exercise mercy. And as they do, they'll receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Anyone here today need prayer for your physical body? Healing for your body. Okay, well, you have fun in Arizona. As you're down there sunbathing, Lonnie. I have a hard time seeing you laying out in the sun, but you know. Yeah, he'll be fixing something. Amen. And uh, anything else? Sign up. Remember, we won't take a long time, but let's let's have a time of fellowship and, and sign up the sheet. She'll have the sign-up sheet in the back. God bless you. Thank you. Have a good week. No prayer on Wednesday.